0: all right we are good to go and first of all i just wanted to thank you for actually taking out the time and joining me on this podcast
1: yeah absolutely my pleasure thank you for inviting me
0: so you know, um, this is my first video podcast that we are doing. I'm doing right now. So prior to that, I've been only doing only Spotify audio podcast with my um, host that I used to have. So thank you for being on here. And, you know, I specifically invited you here because what you are doing is pretty interesting. So I wanted you to share what the product focus is and how it is actually okay. changing the startup ecosystem altogether. So
1: sure you- thing. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think with product folks, as a community, it's been about um, 15 months now. Start off with one small event uh, last year in Bangalore and over time i think we've grown to over seven i think nine offline chapters uh pre-covid we've done about 100 events uh, in total you know offline plus online i think um the entire experience on the event side has been great and the community has grown i think 15k plus members right now um but beyond the community i think a bunch of initiatives that came out to help people grow together in the speed in the, in the product space start off predominantly helping um uh, people transition. So there was um, LearnPM with.me which is a free set of resources mm-hmm. to help people upskill. We noticed a lot of aspiring guys coming in. So um, this was again something that the community requested and we just uh, put together some resources mm-hmm. that we thought might be the best which we came across at that point of time. Uh, working on like a version 2 now. Um, mm-hmm. Then we launched something called .club, which is an early yeah. stage APM program. Yeah. That was again, um, so if you see the first need from the community was, hey, we want to transition. Uh, Where do we learn? What do we do? So, you know, LearnPM with DirtMe came out of that. Uh, Once people started reading that um, feedback that we got was, hey, okay, uh, this is a great place to start learning to know more about product management. But I'm still not able to break in. So, you know, what can we do there? And for that, um, we started working on. So, uh, in the US, there are a lot of these APM programs. That concept isn't so popular in India yet. Uh, so, um, there is a company called Toronto APM in Canada. Uh, what we were trying to do is uh, try uh, getting a similar model in, in India. And we did one beta cohort, which was uh, a great learning experience. Uh, we plan to do one or two cohorts a year, keep it limited to that, and try making an impact at least on the early stage so that was one that we're pretty excited about Uh, looking forward to the next cohort i think it's a little delayed given the situation right now but uh, that's exciting Um, over the last six months i think it's grown phenomenally i think uh, in in covid we were able to uh, invite a lot of speakers online um, we posted the founder of Superhuman Rahul. We posted senior leaders Stripe from Airbnb. So I think uh, as a community, a lot more people stepping up from that one small event last year to you know 20 folks right now running different initiatives. We launched something called very recently we launched something called 100 PMs initiative, which is essentially um, you know celebrating a lot of product leaders, product managers, uh, product folks from the ecosystem who are giving back. You know help people connect with them. So that is something that I'm excited about. Uh, Very recently, I think just yesterday or today, I think yesterday, today we launched something called the um, product teardowns, which is essentially trying documenting Indian case studies from Indian startups and how they are adapting to, you know, the current situation, how they've been growing, how they've, you know, probably a UX breakdown, but trying to help people put together a portfolio there. So yeah, interesting initiatives, I think as a community, grown beyond what i thought it might and, and i'm just i'm just excited about what's coming
0: i'm gonna to have to read up on the latest initiative that you actually mentioned mm-hmm. here but i did actually get a chance to look at learnpm.me and insurgio.club. and right now with what we are seeing with our education sector specifically with edtech startups they are most of the time focusing on either reskilling with startups such as Upgrad and either these edtech uh, startups are focusing on um, 10 plus 2 education where um, Baiju Sun Academy come into the place and they train you for colleges or you still are working to actually get placement with these and cohort based learning initiatives is something that is I believe is a sector that's going to grow a lot more in India I have been in conversation with um, head of an academy, ex-head of an academy, Abhinav Chikara, who runs the 10k.com, 10k designers initiative, where he actually teaches them UI design on with, by creating a small cohort of 30 people, where he actually takes them through real life assignments and training them. And a couple of other ethics startups are actually taking this initiative forward. So, what is it about this cohort based learning that is going to overtake our current education system. What do you think would be the growth path here?
1: Uh, great question I think and um, I'll try giving you uh, my views on what I think are you know the pros versus the other other way other way of you know the education that is going on online education that is going on and a couple of challenges as well so um, I think what you mentioned on the previous thing uh, companies like uh, Byju's uh, Unacademy they are yes they're definitely but I think they're also focused mainly on the test prep market Unacademy yeah. they start with uh, IAS i think as one of the major segments by those k-12 market. um that is a great segment and um, they've done a great job building a product that you know reaches out to master uh, what i am excited about on the cohort based learning is outcomes i think uh, it's very very outcome driven um, think of it as an mba college you know when you go to an mba college Uh, what are top three things that you're looking for one is definitely you know great set of peers that you're getting to learn from you know that is the network Um, another one is the content and the professors who you're learning from you know that is definitely something that is validated that's true Um, you know created learning in that one year you pick up things from very different different places and uh, top MBA colleges also something that is super important is also the brand value that they bring I put that as number three as well because, um, you know, That's that right. ISBT, exactly, or that IMA tag or B tag, that is going to be there with you for the next ten years, next twenty years, or the rest of your life. You know, that is three. Def- I mean, that I would put these as the top three, and if you think that is a cohort-based model, that is not online right now but if uh, a lot of these online startups can bring that model online you know it's not going to be an easy replication It's going to see brand takes time to build um, quality is improving that is definitely available online right now and i think that is the first step that is changing and cohort brings the network access, network part of it you know learning with a, okay. with a very curated set of so that is how I'd like to put this analogy. Like compare it uh, instead of comparing it to a Byju's or you know the others there. Try comparing it to traditional cohort-based model, and try seeing what are the best things that they are doing and whether this can be replicated online. What are the challenges in replicating this online? Let's um, see. Uh, something like uh, Byju's is definitely scalable. So I think scalability is definitely one challenge because. Um, in cohort-based models, it's operationally heavy. So if you if you need to scale it, you need to be running either you know a number of these cohorts together, or you know increase frequency, or increase cohort size, which might lead to dilution. So how do you scale while maintaining quality? I feel that is the number one challenge. Uh, yeah. rest I think people are yeah. definitely figuring out I think uh, content is I think delivering this content online is great. Uh, cohort based model helps in a lot more completion helps in a lot more outcome driven education so I think that's why it's definitely exciting um, it comes at a premium because you are targeting outcome so I'm, I'm definitely excited about that, I'm definitely excited about the cohort based learning uh, scalability is something that hasn't been uh, validated yet and uh, i think that over time is something that we all work with.
0: but um so let's even talk about these offline cohorts where you just mentioned um mba institutes such as in india i am imb these tags are there and let's talk about ivy league colleges if we are talking about harvard or maybe stanford these are also training individuals in um mass cohorts so they are not cohort of um, 100 students or 200 students the, these involve thousands of students so do you feel that there is a dilution of quality that takes place in these offline cohorts uh, so I think the
1: these are brands that have developed over a long period of time right so That's uh, initially I am smaller they would have started with the exclusivity and I think um, the reason they are so uh, sought after today is also the fact that you know there are thousands who apply and they select you know the top one percent top five percent so um till a lot of these online cohort based models reach that state and hey uh, it, it becomes that sought after so for that I mean a bunch of things need to work out when you start small the success stories the success stories will translate into a flywheel then these success stories, once they go to companies, uh, people are uh, once they go to companies and they do a great job, that's when you know they build out a brand for the institute they've come out from. So it can be an online yeah. uh, online education yeah. startup. So I just think it's a matter of a little more time till that brand plays out and till the students who graduate from this actually go make an impact. So uh, I think uh, it won't be exactly right to compare it at the stage they are at given that you know these people so brand building takes time so that's exactly what i'm saying i think it's fine to find fine not to compare you know the size of cohorts right now what we need to consistently try working on is that hey even if i have a smaller cohort size how do i get them you know get them the opportunities that is available to say guys at stanford how do i solve that problem it's going to take a little more time but if i can do that then definitely the flywheel improves so you know i say 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 tomorrow someone from our cohort gets placed as a google at google and he does a great job there it opens up doors for us so that from the people from the next batch get an opportunity to go there so i think that is something that will take time to open up those doors and uh, once the first set is successful in doing that then i think it's a lot more easy it's a repeatable thing.
0: but um okay so let me actually like try to take it in a more layman's approach here so basically yeah. if a student uh, from these cohorts working with the product folks and they get a good reputation, they get a good placement in either the fan companies or maybe a very hyper growing startup. And it yeah. would create a recursive feedback loop for more people to come in yeah. and join in And it would allow them to actually build that credibility. That's very true. But right. in these recent days, I am under the under a very strong impression that a lot of these offline learning institutes they are not really grounded in that reality itself because what i have been seeing over these couple of months with the situation that we are facing right now online education is taking up much far much faster and it's accelerating at an exponential pace with respect to the our current offline education systems and they are not easily able to replicate so a lot of high cost of entering these MBA colleges or Ivy League institutes, people are going into this educational debt that they go to, whereas if they actually rather spend time on online cohorts, which although have not yet built that credibility, would they be actually a better mode of learning in the near near future? Is that something
1: that we can see? I think uh, this is a question that depends from person to person as well, right? What is the outcome that you're looking to achieve? See, if the outcome is just the learning bit, I can do that on YouTube as well, right? Do I need to go to an online institute to learn that, right? There are people who write great blogs, there are people who write, you know, these resources, there are tons of people who put out these resources. So, if someone is really that prepared and wants to go that route, I think it is also what outcome you're looking for versus the amount of time that you have versus the risk you're willing to take. Compared to a startup versus, you know, working at one of the bigger companies, right? The risk-reward ratio is very high. So, uh, that is, I think, that is one thing that I would like to say. I don't think it's a general blanket statement. Uh, Personally, maybe, yes, I do agree that, you know, um, it might not be necessary to, you know, go to these Ivy League colleges, Given that you know now at the at the current state, most of it the learning is online. It's a different Either people are differing, or they they're starting off online, and when things get better, they will go offline. Um, so maybe in the current state, paying the same amount of money for that experience might not be worth it. But um, I think uh, one thing we can't discount is the fact that you know when you are getting to yes, definitely the cost involved. So that is on a personal basis, but. Um, Getting an education from these top institutes also opens up some doors for me. See, that is something that we can't discount at the current stage. There are different ways to do that. You know, maybe today the internet is a great leverage point, is a great leveler today that yes. uh, you can do a lot more things that can get you to a similar place. It might take longer, it has a lot more factors involved. Uh, it needs you to be a self starter. That is given. You know, it needs yes. you to, you know. Uh, but yes, I think maybe these opportunities were not present, say, a decade ago. So if you are willing to put in that effort, yes, the internet uh, has opened up a lot more doors. But uh, I think uh, you you can't discount the fact that, you know, for the amount that you're paying there, you are definitely getting... Uh, some opportunities, even if not a lot, some opportunities which are maybe not open to a lot more people who do not have access to you know either the degree or the brand name of the institute. So I think we're we're still not there where we can say that hey, okay, like an MBA college from these top institutes is not really nice If that was the case, we would have easily seen that you know out there. Uh, yeah, otherwise objective right? I think um, uh, it depends on where you're coming from, uh, what your background is. The risk thing that I mentioned earlier, Uh, what part do you really want to take, where do you want to end up, you know, I think a bunch of these factors, something to be considered. people do put out a blanket statement but I think in my case, this is how I have learned over time, I think uh, maybe I was in one of the two buckets earlier, but having these conversations, I think this this is my current understanding, this is where I stand.
0: That's true, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, one of these things, um, do you think that in the next decade or in the next nine, five years, we would mm-hmm. see a surge in online cohort based learning and not just for product. Um, it would like shift to a different set of roles because let's talk about app development. 20 years ago, this wasn't a role that was present. Right now, because we have such strong processing devices in our phone, we are able to like um, see a growth in these employment avenues that a lot of offline colleges are not able to help with A and B, there are a lot of boot camps opening up recently which do not cost you as much. So there's a very good um, return on investment that we can see that allows for people to get a lot of content get a lot of feedback from the market itself from these boot camps and now you become capable enough that you are going to be able to build a niche for yourself or be able to build a living for yourself what do you think in the absolutely. next decade
1: absolutely i think um, um, five years is a great uh, timeline uh, what i envision today yes there are tons of boot camps what i'd like to see them evolve to is study clubs you know where today your boot camp is giving you this content you study with a bunch of interesting people, you know, uh, a curated set of people who are having a similar, you know, similar trajectory. Maybe, you know, they want to become aspiring product guys, aspiring tech guys, aspiring growth guys. Um, so that involves the network that I was talking to you about on the side. Um yeah. I think five years from now, definitely. I agree with you. I'm, I'm psyched about this, this space for sure. Uh, online education is changing. Um, in five years, I think uh, we should be able to get in a lot more. Today it is about you know 15, 20, 30, 100 people joining at point A going to point B. Uh, maybe five years from now um, we'd we'll be able to you know pick in skills. I think some some startups are already working on this. But yeah. say you are you know proficient in a couple of skills already, um, you have a bunch of skills that you want to learn how do yeah. we make that more holistic and help you get to where you want so I think that is something that will be interesting maybe you know personalize the learning bit give yeah. you the you know give you a curated set of interesting people that you can learn and um, what I am excited about is how we are moving to more of an outcome driven you know think about yeah. it outcome really have to mean like a maybe a job it can also just mean that hey um, you know I come in with an idea I will give you an example but you know hey I come in with an idea um, I have a set of mentors, I have a set of coaches who help me like, okay, hey, you want to do this? Why don't you do this? Or, you know, I, I get to meet exciting people. So I think build on the go, build and learn on the go. I think instead of today, you know, learning, trying to apply, I think uh, learn, build, learn, build, iterate. And I think that, that might be one exciting thing um, that I see some some startups working on. Uh, personalized learning and another uh, one, online education is definitely picking up. I think uh, this is a season, next five
0: years, we'll definitely see a lot of innovation. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting of, about what you said that um, a, a lot of people would actually come in and not just for jobs, but they would actually go and put in, like validate their ideas, test them out there on the market. So I believe that community plays a very strong part of it and product folks initially started as a community driven um i should say a venture i would say and i think yeah, yeah. what aspect does community played in the growth of product folks here if you can tell us a little till, more
1: till, absolutely absolutely i think till date we are entirely volunteer driven we are a community driven initiative um, in Sergio came out of product folks as an idea which we got from the community so uh, our approach has been different our approach has been under- like building out the community first understand their needs understand how we can help them get to what they want because we started off really small like when we were 50 100 200 300 each of us like we knew each other that way so it was easier to talk to them um, mm-hmm. And it also helped us uh, break down a lot of our own biases sometimes you know when you think only like hey this is something that might be useful for him uh, it's always easier to just go talk to a bunch of users there so that user research bit got a lot more easier Uh, validating our product once we had it out there became a lot more easier given that you know you have a bunch of early guys who are ready to use it because you're solving for them Um, That's where I think maybe the community approach really helped us. Um, A lot of folks I think will always remain community driven, will always remain volunteer driven. So I think that is the best part about it. There is no one person, maybe you know, it was just one small event that it started with where I was involved. But uh, today the best part is a lot more people stepping up, a lot more initiatives, where maybe I just have a very small role, other people leading it. Uh, which would have been impossible for me to do alone so that is that is a given um so i think that's that's something that um, we're still very young just about a year old so there is definitely a lot of learning for us in this as well uh how we go forward from here how we mold how we bring a lot of these ideas to life i think that is something that we're learning on the go. Uh, if you ask me personally. We've, Personally, in my own belief that I think from the first version that I, we had uh, a year ago to you know today, what we are our first version of the website that we have to to be. I mean, a lot of improvements still needed. But uh, if I can see the transition, I probably should have had like a before and after screen here for you. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, that is something that uh, is is a great uh, inspir- a, a great motivation for us. That hey, just keep doing things, things will get better. Just keep moving ahead. Um, do things that are useful for a lot of people. So, you know, there are people already using it when you're going to come in. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I highly agree with you that community-driven um, missions or community-driven ventures are going to be actually be the way forward because internet is providing us with the leverage to market who we are, what we are doing right now on an idea. And that's very interesting. So, let's take a um, Deep dive towards what product folks can actually help you with. So let's take a, a student who is 22 years old, yeah. just got out of engineering college. Um, is not readily ready to actually, you know, get out into the job market because we are seeing some engineering colleges they are not able to provide the value that you need for the current job market that we have. So yeah. if they Go on, learnpmwithme.com, and they yeah. learn get to learn more about the product folks.com. So, how yeah. would product folks shape um, this person, considering that they are highly motivated internally, intrinsically, and they are willing to take on risk? So, how would product folks help, help this person, who's 22 years old right now, is looking for a job in the market and would like to become a product manager in the coming two three years?
1: Awesome, awesome. Glad you mentioned 2-3 years and not in the next 2-3 months or next 2-3 weeks because that's yeah. where the challenge lies. So, 2-3 years is a great timeline because um, I think there are a bunch of… Hard, so, let me start. So, by saying like with Learn PM with me, the idea there is a primer or a roadmap to help you understand what product management is all about different okay. things that you know, different skills that are required, different um, the, like, you know, what exactly is product management, if I want to become a product manager, what all can I, you know, upskill from online, where do I learn, what are the skills that are needed, How does the day in the life of a PM look like, um, yeah. We read about the skills, you know, hey, growth is something that I need to be good at, design is something I need to be good at, data is something that I need to be good at, tech can be something, but different of these verticals, where each of these verticals, we've covered the surface, just a surface. Okay. So you get a prime. So how I suggest after that is uh, the uh, PM is a sought after job today, uh, yes. given that you know, a couple of opportunities in the market, there are a lot more people who want to break in. These can be freshers, these can be people who a little bit. You want to transition internally, the people who probably do a degree, people who do boot camps to enter. So there are a lot of people who want to enter. So yes. when that demand high you need to stand out you need to do something that is different or yeah. uh, how, how, how does 80% of the hiring today happen it either happens to MBA college or internal transition or yes. some kind of a, a strong refer 80% 90% hiring of PMs at least happens that way okay So understand that so understand say, say you want to break into you know you have a set of preferred companies as a as a fresher you know 5 10 15 companies that you think you know you're interested in Actually, yes. if you don't have that list, start with that list. Uh, okay. So at least, you know, things become a little more easy. Uh, if you're applying directly on LinkedIn with that easy apply, it's not going to work out given I just shared, you know, there will be multiple people who are doing that. So how do you stand up? How you won't be able to keep
0: through the noise, right?
1: Thank
0: exactly.
1: Yes. So start with that list. Uh, then uh, easiest way is see product managers in those companies. Go to their LinkedIn profile. Um, Have a look at how they've come into that company. If you see that, you know, hey, the company X, there are say 5 product managers, 10 product managers who have checked their profile, all of them have MBA degrees, give you an example. Okay. That uh, should be able to tell you that, hey, as a fresher, do you think I have a good chance to get into this company? Simple. Okay. Okay there are companies that way then there'll be a lot more companies where you'll see that okay uh, there's a mix you know so there it gives you a chance that okay fine even if i don't want to go the mba route, uh, so that in this case you need to decide hey, hai, meko, if i want to get into this company then maybe this is the route if not what can i do different but the, the chances or the odds or the difficulty level definitely grows up if in case you to to and another company will say, 50, you know, some people with this background, some people with that background, uh, then do one thing, the people, you know, say, say there are these early stage PMs who broken into that company. You need to also see the background they are coming from, the number of years of experience because someone with 8-10 years of experience and if you are a fresher, that is not going to match. So people who have just, in the last 2-3 years, so see that as so just break that down into that cohort. Now, um uh, like mentioned there's a 50-50. So, in that 50-50, you see the early stage guys are broken. If you see that, you know, they are from a similar background as you, say, you know, you are broken into, or say, so, you know, you work two years as a developer, and you see that even that guy has gone from the developer to PM. So, then you have some context to reach out, you know, similar background. You know, if you've been able to make that transition, that becomes one of your stronger preferences in the shortlist. Yes. So, that is the groundwork that you need to do um i mentioned about the upskilling so i think that is a non-negotiable thing i think different ways to do that but you need to pick up the skill uh, five years back maybe there wasn't so much available online so maybe you needed to go out and ask pms talk to them understand how they roll it. but today i think the even before you make that first task put half an hour put one hour do just do a simple google search i mean you don't even need that much time Put a simple google search front page of google Will give you a bunch of articles. I mean, like, you know, you can go to Core Answers, you can go to a bunch of these blogs. A lot of these guys on Twitter who write about it. Um, I could share a list of guys who I think, you know, I always share like a bunch of guys who I
0: Okay.
1: Share that with you in case you want to share it with the others. Um, just, all you have to do is just see what they're talking about. You already put out a lot of these um, resources. Did you make the first ask to, you know, someone in that company. Research a little bit. I think that is again a so learning. Learn from that experience. And uh, once that is done, the research part is done. The is done. So if you are early into the career,
0: it
1: is uh, important to reach out with a specific ask that, hey, uh, you know, this is something that I've been doing. Um, okay. I noticed that you know this is your background. I think that this is a match for me as well, given that you know I have a similar background. Could you please help me with A B C? That is the best and I see. I see. I there anyone for that I'm talking about product, but any of the fields, if you go this approach, ninety-five percent chance I can tell you they will respond to you. People are ready to help you, but uh most people okay, are ready it's impossible for them to reach out to everyone and help them in a meaningful way. So if you're able to do this, I think that art of you know, emailing or reaching out with a certain context will improve everyone's life. First of all, you'll get much better answers. Um, so I just think this is a very simple framework. It's been written out there many times, people have shared this. Uh, I'm just taking the opportunity to probably bring it back on top. So, this is something that has helped me, and uh, I'm hoping that a lot more people follow. It's gonna help, like, um, it's it definitely gonna help you. Um, if after that, also, if it doesn't help me, please reach out to me. I'm ready to like sit with you and help you out. But yeah, I think this, this groundwork is something that a lot of people miss out on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for like providing with the framework of how a fresher can actually like get a chance to break in with these product-based roles. So you mentioned something that you said um, product manager role is something becoming more of a so- sought-after role in the tech startups scene. So why is that? Why recently only that product product manager role is becoming so much sought-after? What what is like motivating people to actually go after this role? If you can care, share something about it,
1: to be honest, I don't know the why behind this. Like I'm, I'll be absolutely honest with you, uh, it could be a trend. I think you know in in the valley, this is this is one one um, um, role that is definitely picking up popularity. So it flows to different parts of you no know, different geographies. That could be one reason. Uh, Another reason could also be that, you know, um, from the outside, maybe, you know, it looks like a product manager's job is to, you know, be the, a lot of people have written about it being the CEO of a, a, you know, of a product or, you know, you think maybe the manager tag in itself, the manager tag can be misleading, you know, for people who think that, you know, he, coding is not my thing or you know designing it, or, you know that I'm, I'm not really good at this but i think i can manage people so you know that could be one reason that you know a lot more people get into it um one one other thing is also a lot more people talking about it today i think a lot of people share about uh we're all excited about it right like if you think about it uh, apps everyone you i mean most people listening to this will be using a smartphone on your smartphone, you have, you have every app out there in front of you has someone who is managing that as a product, as a feature. So um, that connect helps, you know, people who are interested in the tech ecosystem, who are excited about these things. Um, it's a great opportunity to, I mean, at least at least once, once you know, th- this is how I'm looking at it. I think it's a great opportunity where you feel that, you know, um, this is something I could do as well. And something that is exciting, I think a lot of people who are excited about tech are excited about, you know, driving this as an opportunity, where uh, you do get an opportunity to work across, you know, you're not limited to one particular function. So, a lot of generalists try moving into this role, a lot of people who enjoy uh, doing multiple things, I think for them, I think they are excited about this. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, I think this is just, again, how my views or how I have I've seen this ecosystem.
0: Okay, so um, I'll just mm-hmm. mention something here. Mm-hmm. last night only, I was doing a little bit of reading, and I think it might be might have, might, might have started with Apple and Steve Jobs, and because prior to that, products did not have that design aesthetic to them. So it was Jobs' session with aesthetic and making the consumer, the customer, feel good about using the product that might have spark the ignite toward this role and second thing that you mentioned that a lot of generalists are moving to this space so and product management is basically a culmination of design understanding the ecosystem of the product that's being used understanding sales and all these different aspects of different fields that are considered here I think that might be an important aspect as to why product management is becoming sort of the field would you say that i might be on the right path here
1: You yeah, know, great interesting points no for sure i think that's true um just on that last bit i, I like to say that i think uh, speaking to a lot of senior players i think this is very very different at a way like you know different stages of the company um uh, okay. the role of a product manager today um, is very different across different uh, functions geographies and the stages of the company so you're absolutely right but um you're absolutely right, but I think that might be limited to one particular set of companies. Um, okay. I just like to highlight that. The reason I'm highlighting that is um, people who are looking to break into PM uh, might have this view, but then once I start working as a PM, uh, sometimes it's very, very different. And uh, a lot of people realize this after breaking into PM and they might not enjoy it because maybe that is not the view of PM. But uh, the job that they are doing is also a product management function but it's very, very different. So that's just something that I'd like to highlight. I think a lot of books, a lot of people talk about it in this fashion. Like I also mentioned the generalist, but a caveat there is it is specific, you know, to a certain like product management in a certain set of companies would be very, very different from, you know, product management. It can be it can be geography specific uh, di- differentiations. It can be, uh, you know, a B2B, B2C consumer facing and different stages of a company, you know, a, a product management role at an early stage pm with uh, early stage venture will be very different from a late stage or uh, MNC so just just wanted to highlight that because uh, what we spoke about will be one one set of product match there are different kinds and within product management I think today there are growth pms technical pms what you mentioned might be you know design focused ux focused pm so um, I think that differentiation is definitely coming to the market so
0: okay that makes a lot of sense so basically PM would be a large set of different aspects of roles that can be performed here and what we just spoke on here might be a smaller subject of people that actually Absolutely. come, that look at it, right?
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. so um, one of the things that we are seeing and um, this is again like related to the similar questions, as this role is becoming much more sought after what is the scope of this role in the future? Because as we see a lot of demand is right now in the industry. But as the supply matches up with this demand, would, would this role actually evolve into something else or will it become a, how should I say it? will it become a commoditized role?
1: Um, I don't know. Again, like to be honest, I don't know. Uh, what I can see happening is um, we're seeing a lot more specialized product roles coming out. So, uh, see, if, if you ask me that, maybe a counter question would be: Do you see the number of apps in the market coming out becoming lesser? Do you see lesser startups coming out? Do you see lesser new product coming out? Do you see less new innovation coming out? Maybe no, right? So, no. if we keep that as a trend, uh, that as a trend, then maybe product management as a function is definitely growing. But um, it will it will definitely, um, there will be an evolution here. So, um, like I mentioned to you on the previous one, uh, specialized, specialized PM roles, for example, you know, PMs who are focused on growth, PMs, I think uh, Uber or Airbnb, one of the first ones who actually had these growth teams come here. Um, then maybe, you know, you have, you know, Specialized people who who are probably you know good at one particular part of it. You know that T-shaped skill that they talk about. We see a lot of technical product managers today taking care of one part. You see, um, you know, design focus guys coming here. So I think that is one level of evolution that we are already seeing. Um, mm-hmm. We might see another level of you know specialization. I think uh, they say like you know how in in medicine there was this you know uh, MBBS then MD then super specialisation. Yes. I think we're in that era where um, it's a continuous learning era, Um, things are changing so fast, so maybe five years later, ten years later, product management might not be it, but I think a lot of things that you learn as a product manager can be applied, can be applied to different things. So, maybe people switching in and out to different roles, Um, there will be an evolution for sure four years, five years back, something else was out, two years back, something else was out. We're all, we're all aware of that phase of data science, blockchain, today it might be product management, tomorrow it will be AI again. I think it's a, it's a, it's a wave. Um, it will come back in some form or the other, and as long as you and I believe that, you know, the next five years, all the four, or five questions that I asked you, that is going up, I think product management has a functional depth.
0: Okay, so, um, you know, I believe we spoke earlier when uh, I was part of the webinar that Rahul Bora of Superhuman had taken, and he spoke very confidently of game design. So, how much game design is right now influencing product management and product related roles at the moment? Do you see that happening a lot in the Silicon Valley or either in India's startup ecosystem? What do you
1: see? Few, fewer companies are doing it today, from my personal opinion but uh, given that you know rahul and other folks like this are putting out uh, great resources out there are building companies on these principles and yeah. people can see this uh, if they become successful then i become the playbook right so if it'll start with people building similar products then as as that playbook grows um maybe it's already out there he shared a couple of resources i've also just started reading those books trying to okay. trying to build products okay. that i'm building on those principles so uh, maybe a year later if you're chatting i'll be able to share more details on that but i absolutely love the way they are building that product i think you know that personalized onboarding premium sector is one sector that can uh, that it can start with um I, i'm not sure if there's a playbook for it to apply to you know smaller ticket i think this is one question we raised in the q a as well um, he definitely did share that you know there are stuff that is going on and uh, been doing it for a lot longer so I think um, we're learning from experience out there we're trying to apply it uh, as you see more and more companies doing you, you can already see a bunch of these companies applying these frameworks uh, yeah. but as mm-hmm. when we see this um, you know we see more success stories out there uh, we see bigger companies applying uh, I think game design has always been there in some form or the other uh, yeah. it's just like um, the path that they're taking and they're putting it out Popular products are actually putting it out there, you know, founders from those companies or evangelists from those companies are putting it out there, is when a lot more people like us get to hear about it, learn about it and apply it to even the smaller products that we're building. So, I think we are at that phase right now. Um, Game design principles, if they do come into a lot more products, you and I will be happy to use them as well. So yes. yeah, I think I think we are seeing this evolution for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of um, how long it will take and uh, what products that it can be applied to right now versus uh, in in the future. But some principles you will notice are already being applied in some form or the other. So um, the, let let's see how that 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 becomes a lot more stronger in the coming years.
0: Okay, so I I believe last month I had a conversation with a. Bangalore entrepreneur. He is a founder of an edtech startup. They are recently funded. And he had said very specific thing to me that he told me in the next 10 years or so, um, game development would become so easy. So right now in the United States and other global AAA-labeled games, they require large teams of 100 people, 150 people working on the design aspect, working on its development, using the engines. and Right now, as we have seen processing power grow in our PCs and in our smartphones, we might be able to see games becoming the new startups. Mm -hmm. Product manager role transition from being a manager of a product to becoming a storyteller of how the user is going to enjoy the game and play the game, product manager would actually transition into that. So how much of reality do you see that happening in our... In the current future
1: it's a, i think that is an industry that is growing today a lot yes. more people a lot of startups coming into that space so um, while i don't have industry specific knowledge on that sector um, as a user i can say i think i'm definitely excited i have a couple of friends in this industry uh, a very close friend of mine from college is currently uh, building his own startup in the same space uh, so from my limited interaction there i do see a lot of potential um, product managers as game designers is interesting but for that i think uh, a lot of us need to uh, really think of it that way i think from the, the there needs to be the change in mindset where we are ready to get hands on get you know get our hands dirty and uh, really go about building these products so it, it's impossible to say that you know 10 years later say you've been working as a product manager at xyz and today the function of a product manager is very different that's exactly what i told you Yeah. yes the principles to apply it takes time it, it's a function of your learning today uh function of you discovering this function of you applying this and it has yeah. to also be there on the company roadmap so like you mentioned maybe you know eight, ten 10 years from now a lot more companies is already doing it so you see that transition because because over the last couple of years you might have applied it to your own products you know those principles you've applied and you're just transitioning into you know bringing that mindset into another company's function so, that is the possibility, but uh, I think for that, uh, things have to change a lot more from, from, you know, from the ground level. A lot more people thinking about it from there, applying it to product. Application is also important. I think principles out there, playbooks out there, but uh, um, as long as that part is validated, I don't think the transition is going to be that. So, you would see uh, these are two different functions that grow and maybe some intersection. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it is definitely something that is growing for sure on both sides. It would be interesting to see how that intersection comes. From. So, would
0: you would you say that um, playing games can be a groundwork to understanding products in the future?
1: Playing games with that mindset, um, okay, cool. like, you know. Uh, yeah, not, not to learn, but while enjoying your mind, also not just like, you know, blankly just playing the game, but understanding, okay, fine, hey, this is interesting, this is interesting, hey, can I apply this there? Have fun while playing it for sure, but take away those and apply it somewhere. I think that bit, if it's missing, how much ever you play these games, as long as the translation, you know, that is super important, that translation and application, as long as that fits in, games are a great place to learn for sure. Every, like, you know, I think that. This is something that I've just been reading, I've just been getting into, the product that um, uh, a friend of mine in our building called Indestructible, which is okay. essentially a set of productivity apps. Uh, okay. We started with the list launcher. So while it's going great right now, it's still in beta, but um, post this in the last couple of weeks, we've also been reading these, trying to apply some of these frameworks, some of these principles and how we can help the user upgrade, you know, Get those principles from there into this. So uh, it's a great learning place. Um, Fortnite is a great example. Learn something there. That's true. Uh, see see how that can be translated and see how that can be applied. A uh, lot of frameworks framework. Table. So uh, lots to learn there but also do focus on translation.
0: So let me reiterate my question again. So let's yeah. see there is an aspiring product manager who is yeah. reading the, uh, who is learning from Learn with Me, uh, Learn PM yeah. with Me. Um, he's yeah. reading on new books on product management. He's attending a yeah. lot of um, group meetups or attending a lot of webinars yeah. on product management, yeah. and alongside yeah. he's using these principles in playing games, so that he's okay. understand from an, from a user point of view he's playing games, and yeah. from a product manager or a game designer point of view he's learning. Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: is that when these two skills can be like unionized, unionized in a larger subset? Do you think that is possible?
1: From the learning bit, yes. From the learning bit, a lot of great principles that can be learned from here. But uh, let me ask you one thing, like if you take any other skill, for example, designing, coding, any other skill, um, if I ask you, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you a couple of books, Uh, if you can go through that, um, I'll probably give, give you access to a bunch of these webinars, you attend that, I'll give you a couple of places where you can learn. So that learning bit, but if he or she doesn't go hands on, Do you think he'll be ready to apply this so that's where i think what i meant by the translation and application is yes you can do all of this which will help you on the education bit unionizing it will be great if we can actually get someone who i think it will be a subset like you mentioned where you know someone uses the principle of gamification for product development we just did a small webinar but you might see that you know blowing up into an entire series For people who are practicing other things, but how do I apply it to my product? You know that is something that can definitely come in the education bit. Uh, But what is super important is again, like uh, I think uh, I'll I'll still go back to what I said earlier: is how do I translate this and how do I apply this? Because without that, um, it's theoretical. How much do we? It's just the difference between theoretical to practical. A lot of times, um, what we read outside is. To a certain niche to a certain, you know, set of products that it can be applied to and it's very different out there. So I think that that is just the thing. Like, you know, take a learn from it, learn from everywhere. Where well, I mean learn from the best, like curate that also. Too much yeah. content out there learn PM with me, might be one. great set of people writing out there. Um I'll share the link with you right In the Indian ecosystem also. Been in the ecosystem for eight ten years, writing putting out resources up there. So
0: I'll share those with you. Um, yeah, definitely. And Add those to the description yeah. here.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, one interesting thing that you had recently mentioned about about Fortnite. So um, there was some insight about. So I was reading about Fortnite. So basically, Fortnite is a free of cost game. So anyone can mm. go out there play this game, and it's built on Unreal Engine four, and mm. that. Engine is free of cost for everyone to use. Basically, mm-hmm. when you have done, you have built a game on that engine and you have put it out there. Um, Unreal, Unreal Steam, they would charge you a royalty based off of how many users you are getting on that game. And okay. the most beautiful part of Unreal Engine 4 that has been released almost six or seven months back only is that um, it is a very much of a no-code solution. So It has provided you with the blueprints so that you don't have to code as much as you would have done initially with other um gaming engines with such as unity or unreal engines previous previous iteration and this is where i believe if you are going hands-on so let's say if i decided tomorrow that i'm going to become a back-end developer my goal would be to go out there watch as many youtube lectures or attend as many boot camps as i can but the main principle that would actually allow me to become a backend engineer, backend developer, is to all those principles that I'm doing. I need to actually put on hands on experience right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, this is where my, um, like, I had brought up this question where games becoming so easy to build without requiring a lot of code. So, would we see a similar level of transition that we had with apps in the apps ecosystem? There would be a trans- similar transition happening in the games ecosystem altogether
1: absolutely that, uh, thanks for sharing that insight actually uh, i wasn't aware of that um, but yeah that, that's great development there and i think uh, if that is the case i think a lot more people who might already be you know developing and uh, i think uh, i believe that ecosystem is growing so if that ease of building is there today and yeah. over the next few years gets even easier uh, with probably maintaining similar level of, you know, gameplay, graphics, etc., then I think we'll see a lot more innovation coming out there. Where that constraint is removed, I think, maybe for a lot of people uh, who are who really creative, uh, who can do a lot more things, but the constraint is, how do I build this? That is where the entire no-code revolution is coming. Yeah. So, if that is a game development, I think I'm excited as a user. Uh, as, as someone who plays games, I think I'm excited. I'd love to try out a lot more.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good to hear so the, right now the only challenge with building um, games on unreal engine is that you need a very powerful processor so yeah, if yeah. you are able to like go out there build a very powerful user gpu powerful gpu add a powerful processor then with that pc build you will be able to build games very soon in a time frame of 1 year to 2 years, which initially used to take 5 to 7 years so the cost of game development by itself is going to come down and we might see mm-hmm. a lot Startups just focusing on becoming game studios for the future because if goal is to just be a, an entertainment driven uh, venture, so that is where we might be seeing a lot of growth. Um, so, you have said that you would like to play games. Um, any specific games that uh, have allowed you to actually frame your thinking, or you just play for entertainment purposes?
1: Yeah, I think I'm. I'm... With, with the amount of things going on right now, I, I'm not like a pro player or anything. It's just once in a while where I get time. And it's it's all the traditional games, the ones that you've heard of before. Um, been playing um, COD, uh, Counter-Strike, um, Fortnite sometimes, um, Dota back in college. So I think it's more of those traditional players that we all have been involved in. Um, don't get so much time these days, but yeah, I'm hoping, hoping I can change that.
0: Dota is actually said to be a very good game for those who are learning to implement strategy. It requires a lot of strategy. Dota, so I have heard a lot of good things about it I have not really played so Dota like I am not somebody who plays a lot of internet based games but with the cost of internet by itself becoming so cheap I think we will be seeing a lot of multiplayer driven games out there into the market.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think that shift has happened uh, in today's generation to um, mobile already. I That's think true. back, yeah, back when we were in college, where it was more PC driven. I think yeah. today games like you know PUBG etc. has has probably given you a similar experience. I think a lot of these um, laptop computer first games are also coming out on mobile. So. Yeah. I think uh, uh the next the next generation already here where um, they their smartphone first rather than you know discovering internet via the laptop or the computer so maybe a lot of these i think a lot of these games are also coming out and making a lot of money right on their smartphone so, so it's definitely uh, an
0: uh, <laughs> yeah so in these terms like um in our times we did not have such commoditized technology right now so um, we yeah. used to have pcs which had 2 gigs of RAM or maybe 4 gigs of RAM. Right now, Mm -hmm. with the latest mobiles that are coming in, these mobile phones have 16 gigs of RAM RAM, or 18 gigs of RAM. So the processing power is already there. Now, what we need is the back end of game development, which can be played on both mobiles and PC. So that is something that we might see in the future.
1: You're right, you're right. And I think I feel so old already, although I'm not uh, <laughs> listening to this conversation, but that, that just shows you the evolution, right? like how technology is just growing at such a rapid pace that uh, that even skills, like if you if you compare this back to our first conversation, this is exactly where it is, right? Um, yeah. This evolution is so quick, So your skills also need to upgrade in a similar fashion. So college, if, if you're learning C, C++ in college, Uh, how many startups are using that to develop things today, you know? So just that bit, you know. So in college, if there's... I mean, I'm not sure of the recent syllabus. I think a lot of people have upgraded. A lot of colleges are upgrading this. They're bringing in a lot of these new age technologies. That's a great part in the education bit. But um, all I'm trying to say is the onus is on you um, to, you know, keep upgrading, keep upskilling. Continuous learning is definitely here to stay. So this is just um, revolving back to our first conversation. In uh, great way to you know touch both these both these
0: spheres together. Yeah, that's very true. And even with the um, national education policy reform that our government of India has implemented, where children would be yes. taught to code at the standard sixth sixth standard, yep. and this that's would right. like that is one development that actually scares me, because the coders that would be like training from sixth standard, they would truly be able to outcompete a developer who is who is at 40 years of age because that would be the transition. their level of creativity and the amount of technology that they will be using versus somebody yep. where a 40 year old is actually working in that industry. The advantage yep. with 40 year old would be that he, they have a very strong network of people around them for referral um, and their uh, all-round growth but right now we are living in this information age where reskilling is the only choice that we have to actually grow further in our professional experiences and how we can actually get better
1: at certain yeah. things. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100% agree with you. And um, just to back that up, I think uh, it's not something... Um, um, it's actually something very excited about. I think, you know, this is something that I wish even existed. And yeah, I'm so happy that it's coming out right now. A Lot more people learning hands-on skills early on in their career, which is more meaningful to, to the industry outcome. Um yeah. What I think is network, the definition of network changes. I think uh, it, it is already changing. And uh, you realize uh, people uh, do value skills now. So if, if, you know, from six to 12 or six to now, which I would call it 13, in those six years, if they're able to learn enough coding, they're able to put out this work, um, it doesn't matter what my network is, right? If I can showcase, if someone is able to showcase their skills, me as a founding or a, a founder or a hiring manager, uh, I'd be happy to take this, uh, you know, I'd be happy to hire someone who has the skills rather than network. So I think uh, um, they'd be able to showcase these skills that I think platforms will allow them to showcase. Wherein uh, the network in its traditional definition wouldn't matter as much. Uh, Both both will need to think Um, about different ways to ultimately but um, I think
0: I'm excited about you know bringing, bringing this new policy. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really excited about seeing this development in our startup ecosystem and new roles actually coming up, all this evolution of what our traditional jobs used to look like. So I'm really yeah. excited about hearing all these things. And we have been speaking for almost an hour right now. Um, that yeah. was really wonderful con- conversation I had with you. And I hope all the viewers who would be actually listening to this conversation got extracted something of value for themselves. Now, um, would you, are there any ending notes that you would like to share on where people can find you, learn, and I will sharing be sharing these links for the product, folks.com I believe your website yeah. is recently launched only. I think last month itself and right. other folks. So, is there any other resource that you would like to share with the audience that would be really helpful?
1: Sure thing. I think um, the reason I didn't take any names on this particular episode uh, was I was sure that I'll miss out a couple of more and I think I made that mistake in the previous ones. Um, that's why it's a conscious effort but I'd love to give them all a shout out so what I'll do is uh, if you could just include that in the description bunch of people. Yeah, I'll who do yeah, bunch of people are putting out great resources out there uh, and I'll send you links to that you know in the product space and the other spaces that I'm interested in where I also get to learn and that, those are links that I share with a lot more people who reach out to me um, that's one um, closing on the things, uh, I think the product folks is as a community. So if anyone's involved in getting, you know, uh, helping out and growing with, as a community, feel free, to reach out, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, DM us there, or just write to me on email. Happy to connect you guys. Uh, do let me know on me what else you'd like to see. So we're working on a version to what do you think might be more useful for people who are, you know, trying to break in. what is missing. So we could add that in. Um, in uh, dot club we'll be launching uh, the next cohort, And I think it's, it's a little delayed. I think we're getting a lot more uh, inbound right now. But um, um, we'll let you know as soon as the next cohort is live. So I'll, I'll give you uh, a date. I would, love to participate
0: uh, in it. I would love to participate in the next cohort. If it's in yeah, the next, I'll, I'll, I would love to join. It.
1: Sure thing. Sure thing. So I'll let you know. It's definitely a little delayed. And, and that is on our part. So sorry for that. But uh, we'll let you know as soon as the next one is live. Um, Indistractable is, uh, is something that uh, is a passion project and is something that I'm excited about given that you know um, a lot of people are right now uh, facing distraction so you know how do we help them fight digital distraction that is the major aim. So, um, I'll yeah. share a link with you our beta is live so uh, do do try that out and share any feedback you might have. Um, I'll, I'll send you that link as well. Um, apart from that i think uh, one thing we launched in the in in the last three months i think as india was going into lockdown the COVID times so it's called grabchai.online which is okay. essentially a, a portal to help meet interesting people off the internet so do check that out online and uh, would love to hear your feedback on that as well so yeah that's probably anything else that i could help with you can reach out to me on twitter anytime my dms are open and uh, context would definitely help me help you so that's, that's just something that
0: i like to remember. All right. It was a wonderful conversation speaking with you, Sahas. I had really enjoyed speaking with you. Got so many interesting insights from you here. And same here. Same, same here. So um, if there are any, any other milestones with the passion project that you're working on, I would love to have you on for another conversation somewhere down the line. And that would be great. Thanks so much,
1: thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. And thanks so much for this opportunity. I think I loved chatting with you as well. Uh, got Thank to learn yeah. a couple of interesting things, and uh, all the best for this uh, series that you started. Um, yeah. Would love to see how this goes as well.
0: Same here. So I'm going to actually start reaching out to more people as to if you want to share some interesting things that the audience would like to hear. All right. So I'll just tap on the recording here.